Welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims, and uh, this is a guy that uh, he has been a topic quite some time, Charlie, uh, many times in this podcast about his uh, his stint with the Admirals that lasted parts of four seasons, and uh, we finally are able to track him down, and he joins us now. He's uh, former Admiral Center Michael Latta. Uh, Lats, good to talk to you. Good to see you. How you been? I've been good, guys. It's uh, it's good to see you again on Zoom here, and uh, good catch up with you. I'm excited to uh, catch up a little bit. Well, we I was just looking at your draft class with the with the National Predators. It's yourself, uh, yourself, Taylor Beck, Ryan Ellis, Craig Smith, Matthias Eckholm, Gabriel Bork, uh, the guys who played in the NHL. That's uh, that's a pretty good class of of draft picks there. Yeah, we got. I mean, I mean, Eckholm and and Smitty. I think we're both fourth rounders, right? Right. And Borku was a fifth rounder. Becker and I were third rounders. And Ellis was obviously the probably the most decorated junior player ever to play as a defenseman. So, yeah, we, we had a, a real strong draft there. I think that really led to uh, some good teams in Milwaukee there and uh, a lot of young teams, but we were good. And we had a lot of fun there, too. So that was exciting. Uh, it made for a lot of good development camps. And, uh, you know, and, and we were all uh, real close, too, which was nice. Well, Ellis. Uh, Ellis Becker and I came from the, the OHL too. That was nice. So we were very familiar with each other. And then, uh, you know, Borky was in the queue. So a lot of junior guys, that's probably why it ended up so well. You, you, what you had just said though, is what I wanted to get at next with Ryan Ellis and you played juniors with Taylor Beck. So you guys had known each other coming into the Milwaukee Nashville system. So how, how easy was it? How good was it that you had guys that had shared experiences from the past and now you were sharing something new together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ellis and I, we were uh, rivals since we were 15 years old in, in minor hockey. And then, uh, you know, I obviously in the OHL too. His, his team was a little better than uh, Becker and I. I think he won two Mem Cups. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so he beat up on us pretty good. But I had him in minor hockey. But uh, yeah, I was good. <laughs> so Becker and I played three years in the jun- juniors together, then two years in Milwaukee. And then and we lived together in China. I don't know seven years after or six years after our Milwaukee day so talk about some hockey being a small world and just you know kind of running the same people over and over again that was a lot of fun so he's still one of my best buddies to this day we talk all the time I was wondering I was wondering with Taylor Beck I mean you guys like you said you had you've had a past just like god can I get rid of this guy yeah exactly I ended up in China with him Yarvinen Bartley it was we oh uh yeah we so we always joked it was the, the old Milwaukee boys getting back together for the last reunion. So that was a lot of fun there. So when you came out of juniors, did, did that, I assume that made the transition easier for you to pro hockey was having all these guys that you knew, having your best friend on the team again, uh, that it, it was a, it was an easy transition for you to, to at least I shouldn't say easy because the transition's never easy, but at yeah. least it, it was a comfort there for you. Yeah, it, it was, I would say it was not easy playing wise, but living wise. We were, we were young kids excited to get to live on our own for a little bit for the first time and get out of the billets uh, of parental views. So it was fun. We had a lot of good times. And then, uh, yeah, but even, I mean, just coming to Nationals organization, I mean, still to this day, um, you see with, with how good Milwaukee was this year, um, just, you know, how good of uh, organization was. And then, you know, meeting all, all the people around the Admirals, you guys, you know, um, the coaching staffs there. So it, it was such an easy transition. And plus we had a young team too, which was fun. We were young and exciting and, and we all had a lot to play for. And then obviously a big Ford was our captain who he's, he's behind the bench now. I still keep in touch with him a little bit too. So you know, we, we had a lot of young guys, but a lot of uh, a great leadership too. Uh, Tyler Sloan was there, Mike Moore, 
um, just a lot of great guys to, to look up to and learn from. And then a lot of youth and excitement that, that as the year got on, we, we got a lot better and, you know, we, we made some strides and then pushed for the playoffs there. So that was uh, our first year was a lot of fun. You're, you had even more youth when you made your pro debut. You were maybe, what, 19 when you joined the Admirals? 18, and got into a play- huh? You were still 18 and, yeah. and got into a playoff game up for Lane Lambert. Yeah, I know. That was, uh, that was a scary time there. <laughs> like, it was a scary time. Funny, I ended up playing for Lane in, uh, in, um, in Washington. Yeah, but it, it was fun. I mean, Lane was the most intense. The guy you want to play for any day of the week with my style. I, I love Lane. And, you know, he, we saw the game kind of similar. And you know, we had a good uh, read for each other for the most part. Yeah, he was great, though. And, uh, yeah, but that was – it was actually funny. There was maybe Waterloo, Ontario, where I'm from. There was maybe um, not too many guys at that time to come out of uh, – um, to make the AHL at that point, too. And the guy I actually lined up against was Greg Stewart. He played in Chicago. Sure. And he, he grew up playing with my brother. I didn't know him at the time. I know him a little bit now. But it just – it was crazy. The first ever face – and he was a tough guy, too. So I was thinking, oh – I give him a go here, get noticed a bit. <laughs> <laughs> at 18, at 18 years old, you're thinking yeah, those. I was out of my league back then, so I didn't know. Uh, I didn't quite uh, have my grasp on fighting yet. But, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was a funny thing. I laugh about him after, too. And he was like, you know, playoffs, too. It's not like a regular season game where he's like, hey, kid, how you doing? You know, I know we are. But, you know, game faces on. There's no friends on the ice. So, yeah, that, that was a funny story about that. Uh, yeah, you met, I, was, I was going to bring him up later, but you mentioned him already. Uh, your, your, your head coach in Milwaukee is Lane Lambert. Uh, when you start, like, like you said, the, probably the most intense human being that yeah. we, that I've ever met. Yeah. And that I, I gotta believe he's pretty intimidating as a coach, especially your, especially when, like you said, you come in as an 18 year old or, yeah. a, and then even as a 19 year old, you come into the same situation, come into a playoff team. Uh, mm-hmm. that's gotta be, that's gotta make you a little nervous, huh? Yeah, it was. I remember I was um, Becker. I think Becker was supposed to be up with over there doing the contract stuff. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. But so I was the only one there, and uh, Norby was just beating me up on the bike and working out. And and Lane walked to his office one day. He was probably watching a video something late, and I was just you know working out. And he said, "That's how you do." It. I said, "Just get getting ready to getting ready to go if you need me, coach." And I think he just grinned. I think that that probably got me in a series. He loved that about me. So that was. Uh, that was a fun time, and you know, to Lane's credit, I mean, you just you just look at uh, it's no wonder he won a Stanley Cup, and then Trotsy, you know, got the big payday in the Islanders, and you know, I'm, I'm sure Trotsy said, if uh, if I'm coming, Lane's coming too, and then there was no questions about that because he was just, uh, you know, talk about a guy who just puts his work in day after day. There, there's no uh, there's no stone that goes unturned. It's most prepared teams. Uh, when he's at the helm, that's for sure. And just a great guy, too. You know, as, as for uh, uh, his – so for how intense he is, he, he's, he's a good guy, too, off the ice, and he, and he could joke a bit, too. So that's and, another guy you get to see him, too, as an assistant coach, too. Well, and I'm curious. You mentioned he, he was an assistant when you were in Washington for Barry, and I'm curious what the difference was, if there was anything. And then how did your relationship – because you didn't play a ton of games for Lane. Uh, by the time you – turned fully pro it was Kirk Mullery and Herbers and then Dean Evison so it, right. you didn't you didn't have a heck of a lot of lane but I'm just curious how different it was and I mean you're more comfortable in your career you're more comfortable in being a professional athlete and now you're working you know and working with lane in, in Washington yeah saying that I was still a rookie when he came in the NHL so it's, it was kind of a similar situation you know a young guy in the NHL or a young guy in the NHL is still uh you're never quite uh 
comfortable yet, especially your first year in the, in the, in the NHL. But yeah, I, you know, Lane, Lane's a guy, he, he, he can't hide his emotion. When the game's on, he's, um, you know, he's not going to fluff it up or, you know what I mean? He's, he's, a, um, you can't hide that. And that's something I love, you know, we, uh, and Lane's really, Lane knew what we had to do. We had a, we were a fourth line role there and he knew, uh, he knew I was willing to do whatever I had to do. And yeah, he, he was fun to play for. That's for sure. He'd always be the first one to patch on the back when he blocked a shot or got in a fight or, you know, did something that maybe other coaches wouldn't, wouldn't really, uh, you know, take a whole lot of pride in, but he was the first guy to, you know, give you a pat on the back. He stuck up for a teammate or something. But, yeah, you, you can't hide that passion and that, that intensity that Lane has and, and where it's got him to. And guys love playing for him. Sometimes he's a little hard, but, you know, he, he gives everyone the best shot to be who they are because he pushes them so hard. And, uh, but he's fair, though, in, in, in a great way. Yeah. What was, it, what was it like then to go from Lane to go to Kirk Muller? Right. And like we said, you didn't have a ton of experience with Lane, but Kirk comes in and is the most laid-back guy. Like, uh, I, I think he showed up for training and, camp and about three hours a, before you guys did. And, and, yeah. flat out, and flat out a legend. Yeah, uh, right. A player. A, especially in Canada, right? Yeah, he uh, – so Kirk was – you know, he, he was more of a joker. But, but that same, once the game came on, he was intense and he – he knew what he was dealing with too. It was, uh, I wouldn't say there was a lot of pressure our first year. We didn't have a lot of guys making big money. We had mules, obviously our, our, our top player, but he knew he was there to kind of mold and, you know, teach the guys how to play the right way and put a good game plan in place for, for a young team with a lot of skill, but not much experience. So, and he did that great. I mean, obviously I think we, we came out so hot that year. We were like 15 and five to start the year or something. And boom, he's in Carolina with a real quick. So that was uh I mean, you talk about three different coaches in my year and a half in, in Milwaukee or whatever, full years, I guess, but year in the three quarters anyway. So that was, that was a lot. And then Herbie took over too. And he was great too. He was, he was a fun guy. And then, and then Dean obviously took over and he was kind of like Lane. He was kind of a mix between Lane and, and Kirk. I'd say he, he could joke a bit, but he was, you didn't want to piss him off. <laughs> and he kept everyone honest. Not for sure. He was, he was still to this day, one of my uh, favorite coaches I've ever had. That's for sure. It's so crazy, which what you just said about the number of coaches, when you think about it from 2011, let's say April or May of 2011, you have Lane Lambert, then it's Kirk Muller, then it's Ian Herbers, and then the beginning of 2012, uh, the fall of 2012, it's Dean Evason, and then in the spring of 2012, you traded, or of 2013, excuse me, you traded. So, I mean, yeah, you, welcome, welcome to pro hockey. Yeah, exactly. That was that was a whirlwind for me for sure. I was uh, I was traded once in juniors, but I mean that doesn't compare. That was a tough trade for me. I was, you know, we were gearing up the playoffs. We had a, I was having a really good year. We had a really good team that you know, we believed in. Like you know, we were we were second year guys, second and third year guys, starting to figure out how to how to be you know solid players in that league, productive players in that league. And we had a really good you know I was playing with Mark Van Gilder and Kevin Henderson on third line. We were playing against every team's top line. We were having fun doing it. We got a lot of responsibilities. And we had, you know, Becker up front, Mules up front, Borky was playing good. He was, we, had, we had a really good mix of, uh, you know, role players. And, and then we had our, our defense too, which is, I think Gilts was down for a bit, maybe the, the year before, Ellis, you know, just a lot of solid guys. So, I mean, we were excited about playoffs. We had Leandis there. <laughs> he was crushing guys left and right. So we had a real good mix of real grit and leadership with Fordo and so. So we were oh, before we got traded back, right? That's right. I'm just picturing all this in my mind as I kind of talk to myself out loud here. But yeah, that was that was a fun year. We really believed in that year too. And then obviously it worked out great for my career, but I was heartbroken when that 
when that trade kind of got announced there. That was my first real taste of uh, being a pro. You know, you, you just think you're going to play a couple years in Milwaukee, spend 10 years in Nashville, and then there's a, there's a, there's a wake-up call there. So that was, that was fun for me, though. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a wild time because it was a lockout year, so everything was pushed back. So right. I had to get to Hershey, and uh, I think we had six games left pushing for a playoff spot. And then, you know, I'm talking to – you know, Adam Oates was the coach at times, and I called up, and George McPhee and the new coach. So that was a lot of whirlwind. I had not much time to adjust to that situation, but it was good. And then we, you know, we, we finished the year stuck in a playoffs, lost to a, to a, a higher-seeded province team. But, and then I got, I got to go to Washington for a game. They lost right away. So that was, uh, that was a whirlwind of a season. I think it was April 1st, too, I got traded. April Fool's Day or something like that. So it was, uh, it was a wild time, but, yeah, I, it worked out good for my, me and my career. If well, I'm not, it, if, oh, go ahead. I was I just going to say real quick, I remember when we talked at the time, this is seven years ago now, but I remember it pretty clearly that I think the story is you were watching Trade Center all day on NHL <laughs> Network and said, oh, that's it. Uh, everything, everything's cool. I'm going to go do something. I think it was another lesson that yeah, you learned that day. You never count your chickens before they're hatched. <laughs> I think it was like 4 o'clock at the time. The trade deadline was done at about 3 o'clock. This is about 4, 4.30, and I don't know, I was young and dumb and tweeting away, and I said, oh, what else am I going to do today? Because we were watching, and, you know, sure enough, oh, uh, Washington's got one trade left, and it's Washington with Nashville, and then, and then sure, sure enough, um, <laughs> sure enough, it's uh, the way I find out, I'm sitting on, um, I'm sitting on my couch watching Sports Center and or, or TSN or whatever it was at the time, and uh, Martin Erat, or for or Phil Forsberg for Martin Erat and Michael Lott, and I had no idea. They didn't call me, give me a. <laughs> I think they were arguing that for me. That's what you know, Trotsy. He's my coach a year later. You know, I didn't want to give you up. That's where I go. Okay, Trotsy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was the one. I was just sitting there floored, and then I was living with Kevin Henderson at the time, who I'm still best buddies with to this day. Um. And I think he found out, and, and he was at the doctor's office or something like that. I think you or getting physio or something. And as soon as he found out, he sprinted out of the doctor's office. Said, "Can't do this today. Got to go home. My my best friend just got traded." So that was uh, that was a wild. T- and then I, I think I got I found about five o'clock that day, and then eight a.m. the next morning, I think I had a flight to because uh, they wanted me to play in. Um, Syracuse the next day so I got about four hours to say goodbye to my teammates for two years and then boom right to right to thrown into a different team different conference different situation so that was that was a big learning curve for me that was uh that was one of them for sure that happened when that happened I was calling guys because in your in your time in Milwaukee you became a very popular player obviously so I was calling some guys to get some reaction and I called Kevin Henderson and he's, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm sitting, I didn't realize you guys were, were living together or whatever. And he says, Oh, I'm, I'm sitting right here with him. We're watching TV right now. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's great. <laughs> that's great. I figured you'd be frantically packing. He's like, no, nah, he's just, we're just sitting here. I take it all in. My, my whole world just got turned upside down in 20 minutes after watching TSN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing's Yogi, Yogi Berra said it's not over till it's over. That's right. So that was that was a wild time in my career for sure. The, I mean, the I next still, year. I was just gonna say the next year you're up in you. You probably you start the year in Hershey, but then you get the call, your first call to play in the NHL, 
Actually, I made it out. Of, that's another thing. I, I made it out of camp. That oh, you year. made it out of camp. Okay. So my first, my, and it was, I thought it was going to be like the 14th forward. And we're starting, this is crazy too. We're starting the year in Chicago. So I, th- I thought it was going to be a healthy scratch and, you know, take me along, whatever. The, so the day comes, you go to the morning skate and I'm in the board. They scratch like Jay Beagle and Eric Fair for me. I wasn't expecting that. So that was another, like, oh, smokes. So my parents are in Waterloo, which is about eight hour drive. So they hopped on a plane quick to get there. I texted them right away. I was like, I'm playing tonight. You know, so they, the, the whole family came down and then, um, and it was Chicago had won the cup the year before. I was so just going to say they, they're cup champions in the shortened season, right? Yeah. So, so it was the banner race and you know, the United center when, they, when the, the national anthem gets going and stuff, they go absolutely wild. So every, so I was like, Holy smokes. Like this is my first game from coming in the morning, not expecting to play the, you know, defending, going against the defending champs away at the probably the craziest arena in the NHL. So that was wild. And to put all that on, uh, my first shift in the NHL was on the PK. So I was going away. Like, and they throw me out there with like Patrick Kane, Patrick Sharp, Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves, Taves yeah. yeah. Like you're just, so I like, we got the puck out. I think it was about seven seconds. I sprinted as fast as I could to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this for my first shift. So, that was well, that's good. a good baptism. That's a good baptism. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Exactly. So that was fun. Yeah. You know, I, I was just reading today, actually, I think it was uh, maybe it was Scott Hartnell or maybe Kimo Timonen just talking about his first NHL game and his first NHL shift is against the Penguins and Mario and Yager. Yeah. Mario and Yager start, and Yuri Herdina. Yeah. Yeah. They start off, they start off in the, uh, with, uh, on the PK and Trot says to him, okay, get over to the bench as fast as you can, basically. So he's like, we win the draw. I just hightail it to the bench. And I'm like, Hey, there's my first NHL shift. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Speaking of that, when I got traded there, I still remember that piece you got up, and the guy said such nice things about me. Yeah. Yeah, and I still look for that sometimes. That was that was I was like packing, crying, reading it. I was like, oh god. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it was. I a, got accused. There was a D, Dean Evison says to me that was a real nice thing, and Ryan Costello turns to me says, "What? He didn't die?" And I said, <laughs> "Well, of course he didn't die. Uh, you know, but but like yeah. I said, you would become a real popular player, and I thought, well, you and, know." Met a lot of your teammates. So Pop, popular with a lot of fans, especially my son. You were like his yeah. original number one. You were like so this was traumatic, yeah, and I like I don't know how old he was at the time. If he, he's probably three or years old, so he doesn't get it. Uh, and so we tell him you're going to another team, and yeah, I can't remember what his reaction was, but I'm sure he cried. I called David Poyle and like you got you can't trade lots. He's my son's favorite player. Right, right. I wanted to say that, right? Like he I gives him all this Gatorade. You know what? It's funny you say that. I knew a, I knew a guy in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, uh, who worked for a Special Olympics, and he told me that uh, when Lou Nanny of the Minnesota North Stars traded Bobby Smith to Montreal for Keith Acton and Mark Napier. Uh, Bill was this guy's name. Bill called and got a hold of Lou Nanny and explained. <laughs> and he was like 13, 14 years old. He explained to Lou Nanny that Bobby Smith was his favorite player. And Lou, Lou talked to him. So maybe David Poyle would have talked to Chase. About yeah, that's on you, Charlie. I'm, I, my career, I was still with Nashville to this day. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's I'll, great. I'll take the blame for that, Lats. And it was, it was funny, obviously, that, you know, Trotsy and Lane came to Washington the year after. It was, it was nice to have some familiarity with, uh, you know, Trotsy because, you know, you go through how many camps and, and Lane playing for him a bit. So that was, a, that was really good for my career, having those two guys come to Washington. It just goes to show you the hockey world, playing with Beck and six years later in China of all places or 
they were Trotsy. You get traded from Trotsy, and six months later, he's your coach again in a different team. So that's uh, oh, you know, you, you just never know what the hockey world what's gonna, especially with a young, young guy. I want to get to Taylor Beck as a player, but first, uh, Joel Ward just retired, officially retired, and you and you played him, played with him, and uh, I, we thought in Milwaukee he was destined to 10, come here. twelve years ago. We thought yeah. he was coming to Milwaukee after he had played in Houston and uh, maybe a game oh, or two yeah. with Minnesota. Nashville signs Joel Ward, and we thought this would be good. And everybody was telling us, "You'll love Joel Ward. He's a good community guy. All of this stuff." So we were in Milwaukee, thinking, yep. "Hey, we're going to have a." a solid right wing and, and a good person to have in the locker room. And obviously we never saw him, but, yeah. but real quick, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just, just how special a guy, not even a player, but because he yeah. played 700 some games, but how special a guy is Joel Ward? Yeah. Ward was the best. I mean, I, for, we had uh, Tom Wilson and I, when we were, we were rookies there, he was, he's a Toronto guy too. And he was single at the time too. So he was hanging around with us quite a bit, showing us how to do things and, uh, he was. We actually just had a Zoom call. Me, Hendo, Wardo, uh, Wayne Simmons, uh, the Stewart brothers. It was just guys we used to work out with. Just saying, congrats to Wardo and stop. He's got a kid now, so it was pretty cool to see him. Wardo. The Stewart brothers, Anthony and and Chris. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So were, so we were just chatting up with them, just talking about old stuff, just giving Wardo kind of a, a congrats on retiring. You know, because like you said, a hell of a career for a guy who went to. Like Hendel went to you know CIS school in Canada and made it to you know I think 2080 played his first pro game and right 500 games later I don't even know how many more lots of games anyway so and a stud in the playoffs too but yeah just not 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 so much about hockey but just Wardo I mean just the guy he just he just gets it as a you know I don't think anyone in the world has said a bad word about Joel Ward he's just such a a laid back respectable guy so he, he's a blast and yeah. Hockey will miss him. I'm sure he'll be back with coaching or, or something soon because he's he's uh, too big a personality not to have in the game. So, Aaron, you brought it up. Let, let's talk a little bit about your relationship with uh, with Taylor Beck. Uh, uh, you guys are living together as 20 year old kids in Milwaukee. Like, uh, how was that? How was your experience? Not on the ice, but like living together. Like, how many times did you look at him and was like, hey? how do we get cable or like, how do you, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? Like, or vice versa? Like, how did you guys go through all that stuff? We got lucky. We actually, it was a Yossi Becker and I, our first. And then Yossi, oh, got, okay. Yossi got called up about a month into the season after he had a concussion, I think his first year or something like that. He did, yeah. yeah. He played about three games, had about 10 points probably in there. All right. <laughs> you're going to be a Norris Trophy winner soon. You, you better get back up here. So, uh, so Becker, I lucked out. We, we kind of got a nicer place that we probably could afford at the time. But Yost was, you know, going to chip in a few. He's making a lot of Swiss dough in that process. <laughs> <laughs> he was still paying for it, making the NHL. So, so we lucked out pretty good. But I still remember this day. We were never into video games or anything like that, like most of the kids are now. But back Yossi and I, we, we do them after, every day after practice. We go to like Dynamite, I think it was, or yeah, yeah favorite spot, and then. We'd go to uh, we'd go home. We play Monopoly for like five hours, before, like in between the, the practice and the dinner time. We play Monopoly for like hours on the end. It was just it was so funny. Like, is this? We were just trying to kill time because you know in junior you got your breakfast club and then you got school and then you got. So we were trying to figure out how to kill time, and I guess Monopoly was the, the one thing to keep us out of trouble. Maybe if you could. There was a comedian who said, "There's never been a game of Monopoly that's ever been completed." 
all, they always end up with somebody knocking the board over, going, uh, saying something like "F this," and yeah, yeah Dane Cook going up the board. Yeah. It might have been Dane Cook. You're right. It might have been. F this grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. So that was that was fun, and then obviously we weren't cooking much back then. So and then the, the bills and stuff too. I think probably I, my credit store is still a little down from uh, from my first couple of years and not know how to. <laughs> So we figured it out slowly and slowly, but surely we got stuff figured out. And then, yeah, there you go. We were just talking the other day, Charlie and I, and it was a few others. I don't Maybe it was on the, the big group call with the office, but Charlie was talking about the videos that you did with Kyle Wilson, where you oh, compared, yeah. where you compared intellects and lifestyles between uh, what was better, the OHL or junior, junior hockey in general, or, or the college. college route. Do you remember that? Those well, I don't remember that. I would love to see that though. That would be hilarious. Well, I'm we sure. had the videos, and I think he asked you to spell vacuum is the one I remember. Uh, but the, 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 I, I don't remember what else there was. Maybe it was about fighting or something. About uh, it was. It, you guys went back and forth. It was a pretty well, good I mean, joust. I mean, you know, when, when you're uh, when you're playing the OHL, they don't tell you how good the frat parties and you know the lifestyles in college. You think they're just nerds going to read books and stuff. So, <laughs> you, know, you learn pretty quick that college guys had it pretty good. Uh, <laughs> guys are pretty good it's uh you know we just think we're we're 19 and naive just living the dream every kid in junior kid's dream and then you start you start realizing uh how fun college could be but you know you, you can't give that up quite yet <laughs> was know, that so. ever was that ever an option for you when you did or was ohl was that always your track i was a high pick in the ohl so i, I knew i was i knew i could have probably at that age i was really good i probably could have went anywhere i wanted to but um Oh, OHL was always it for me. I was, As a, a, a Toronto kid, I assume that's like every just, kid's dream, right? Kitchener Rangers, I grew up watching them forever. And, you know, you're just – my dad would take me to games. And, you know, you're 12, 13 years old. You just you start getting okay where you think you might have a shot. And that's all you want to do as a kid, right? You're, you're 16 years old. You're, you're 15 years old when you get drafted. You don't – you're not going to sign – at that time in your mind, you're not signing up to read books and go to school and, and do all that. You know, you just want to get to the glory quicker. When you were, when you say Kitchener was, are you, were you, did you play against Peter DeBoer's teams or was he, he before was that? Yeah, he was gone. So I grew up, uh, actually, I'm, I think I might've played one year against him. Uh, yeah, I played one year against him before. I think he went to New Jersey. Florida, I think first. Oh, Florida first. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so that would have been, that would have been the year. And then he, he took off in Florida and then he's been See? bouncing. You, you yeah. probably you probably grew up going to watch Kevin Klein play for the uh, for yeah, for Kitchener. Yeah, yeah. No, he was in Guelph. He's from Kitchener. He played on Guelph. Oh, you're right. Well, I apologize. Yeah, Charlie, I got you, buddy. I'll yeah, be okay. <laughs> <laughs> My OHL knowledge isn't what it uh, of former admirals isn't what it should be. I know Eric got all these crazy stats, and I by the way, I've been doing those admirals updates. Oh, those have been awesome. Those uh, this this day in history. Yeah, yeah, they've been fun. It was fun to relive some of those times where I was scoring goals and getting some points. Well, and we, we've been talking a lot with people about, uh, you, you mentioned April Fool's Day earlier. It was April Fool's Day of 2012. Do you remember that day specifically? That was when I got traded, right? No. no April Fool's Day 2012 was against the Rockford Ice Hogs. Yeah. Oh, is that the bench pro? Yeah. Yeah, you know? that's what, it's what I've, ref, I've started referring to. I think I might be the only one. I call it the April Fool's Day Massacre. I like that. I'll stick with that. That's yeah, good. good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like you're the role, your position in that, you know, in that brawl 
everybody remembers Michael Latta from that. Nobody, if you can't name anybody else that's on the ice yeah. from that game, well, you probably remember Jeremy Smith. Yeah, yeah. It's and Smitty, Rob Flick. <laughs> Rob Flick and Michael Latta. I still to this day, like, it's messages coming to that. And, you know, just, you know, people, like, I go on a new team and, like, uh, the Google, you know, YouTube, me see my fights and stuff. That always pops up. They're like, what the, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? Well, I, I just remember, I just fought, I just fought uh, Lalonde, Sean Lalonde. Yeah. And, uh, I'd gone to the box. And it was funny looking back because I ended up playing for Rockford. Right. Um, for, yeah, and uh, I knew some of the guys on the team looking back on, on that. And I guess their coach, Ted Denton, was like, go get the goalie or something. Because I, I think I gave to Lalonde pretty good. And uh, they want to get some of my – I don't know what happened. But I remember just being in the box, and, and uh, my, my elbow pad was all tangled up in my shirt. So I took my shirt off to get sorted out. And then next thing you know, it was just a, Rob Flickers attacking the goalie. And I'm like, holy sh folks. <laughs> <laughs> get back out there and have some more fun <laughs> so that but i was kind of late so i couldn't really get anyone ever at that time i was kind of pushing and we were lucky they had some of the big dogs that were kind of sitting in the bench bowling wasn't playing i think that brookbank wasn't in the lineup so it could have been a lot worse i think if uh, well or it could have been a lot more fun anyway for me I didn't, you know the second time i just remember standing the pile screaming at flick i'm gonna get you and he pointed at me there that was pretty funny I mean, we've got some great pictures from that, but it looks like you're just out there. Like, it's almost like you're a wild man, right? You don't have a shirt on. Well, I, was just, I was already fired up from the fight previous. I'm right. Like, like who yeah. wants some of this? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was a good time for sure. That was, that was probably one of the funnest moments in my uh, career there. Just wow. And it was, I think I, I would have been, that was a rookie year for me. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was like, just welcome to the AHL, you know, it's like, holy. <laughs> <laughs> 12, but nothing like uh, nothing like that in juniors anyway so that was fun I mean no I, well I tell you what I don't we didn't see that in this league I mean that's the only I think still the only time we really have seen anything like that right which is amazing have you have you been involved in anything such as since then uh, uh we got a couple of line brawls but nothing uh nothing like that where yeah trying to murder each other the players are uh, I, I always think about it. how did that ever uh that game get finished we lost two to one in a shootout in a shootout oh, yeah like, a bunch of guys get kicked out or just me or yeah it was no. it was like 12 on 12 with the backup goalies yeah <laughs> the head coaches the head coaches got kicked out the yeah it was it was uh it was bare bones at the end of that thing yeah so i just because that's so funny to watch on youtube and you're like you know, there's a sponsor on the screen, and oh, and Rob Flick's got a hold of the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> I wish Flick. I could go back and do it over because my main issue, like I was just trying, to, I was, for me, I'm just saying as I see it, right? I'm not really thinking. I'm not, you know, it's just this is what's you happening. What's, what's happen. happening, and I'm and I'm trying to keep opinion out as best I can. I'm just trying to report, right? Mm -hmm. And then to hear all these years later that it was Smitty who actually popped Rob Flick, and that got the oh. whole thing going right i didn't know that never yeah. no really yeah never yeah. knew that and it, but but what you said smitty jeremy smith said that uh that it was their deal that they were going to get in his head that game so yeah. every every whistle every freeze everything they were on him an extra hack a chop on the arm whatever it was they were constantly on him so then during that break and it happened to be a media timeout yeah. you're in the penalty box and Rob Flick skates down in his way, and Smitty says he saw his reflection. 
in the glass. In the, in the glass, because he's getting he's getting a little drink of water. <laughs> and he said he turned around and hit him as hard as he possibly could. And he said he didn't drop. And he thought, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. it was. Yeah, Morrissey was in there. And we had Bowie DuPont, tough kid. Yeah, that was uh, and mules and, and, and but what you said, I, I was I was you until like a year ago. I totally didn't realize that Jeremy Smith had done this until I think it was Doug Agnew who told us first. Well, I should I should give a uh, Smitty should pay me back for my suspension then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah, exactly. He's making all that like, no money in China now. He, he, he can own me. I was gonna say he he was there. He wasn't there with you, was he in China? Oh, the year the year after they're just recycling uh old milwaukee guy here. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's just fine yeah there's a lot of them it's amazing how many how many guys have gone over to china well, to play the, the team and the, the team in uh vlad of i think that's how you pronounce it yeah that's the old admiral's logo like they, they just stole the logo they literally just ripped off our logo oh, really? uh, yeah, I, the lines, actually. I was I was close to signing there the past. Is year. that right? Yeah, they just all of a sudden, hey, check out the new Admirals team in the KHL, and we look at their logo. It, it was literally our logo, uh, not the <laughs> not the logo you played in, but the logo before uh -huh. that. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> April, uh, I've always uh, I've always contended that the that brawl. While it was a bench clearing brawl, it could have been like you sort of said. If bowling is out there, it could have been oh, much man. worse. It could have been a lot more fun, that's for sure. I couldn't <laughs> at that point. I was, I, I and I had just coming back. If you watch my hand, I, I still had kind of like a partially broken wrist at that point. I was like, think of three or four games back from uh, I fractured my wrist blocking a shot Lake Erie like a couple months before. So I was just fresh out there. I was still my my hand was taped, so I couldn't really move it. So that could have been bad. If I, if I got one of those big boys there, I might have been in trouble. You said more fun. It's interesting because uh, I think Mark Van Gilder has said in a situation like that, you find the guy you know and you hang on and just yeah, wait, yeah. Till it, wait till the dust clears. But yeah. it sounds like you were ready to dance. Yeah, yeah. That was a uh, different perspective. But I, I played with Mark my, uh, my second year. We were so good together. Plus Hendo and stuff. We just, you know, we, we had such a – uh, you know, Dean Evanson, every game he picked, picked a player on the other team, their best player, and said, Lats, that's who you're on tonight. You're getting in his head a little bit. And then, you know, MVG, Mark was so good defensively, and Hendo was so good in the floor check. And I could set the guys up, make a few plays. So we, we really uh, found a role on that team. And then Dean rewarded with a ton of ice time against their top players. So that was, uh, that was probably, in the AHL, that definitely my, my most fun year I had for sure playing with that. We had a really good team too, a strong team. And you know, we had Lambus too. So if anybody wanted to to get a little fired up, we had the, the some of the horsepower to fire back. So that was fun. No one was taking advantage of us. So that was good. You and Liambus to me are, are such a great team, right? I mean, the, the whole Liambata thing that every, that somebody made up. And I mean, you guys were peas in a pot. It worked, it seemed to work out really well. Yeah, I mean, you find a guy, and I kind of found one of Tom Wilson and Washington there too. Rarely do you find a guy that, you know, is, you know, like if I go out there and do something stupid that he probably doesn't agree with maybe or vice versa, like he's going to have my back, no, no questions asked. So that's when you have that kind of um, relationship where you know this guy's, you know, where, where, you know, you're trading off fights for the game or, you know, your turn to get him. Okay, your turn to get him. We're fighting over who's going to get the guy who's cheap shot one of our players. That was kind of – you know, I kind of one up to you too. You get excited when there's, you know, if you're the only guy, which I was for the most, most of the year, that's when kind of Bussy got brought up because I was having to do most of it on my own. 
And then uh, when you got a guy just hungry for that too, it, it makes it more, more fun and not a competition, but uh, you're a little more comfortable doing it because you know they're gonna have uh, they're gonna have the answer back. If I if I remember correctly, Charlie didn't Mike say Mike did this podcast a, a few months ago? Didn't Mike right. say he instantly gravitated to Michael Latta because it just That's he 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 sort of the role he wanted to play. It's the role, but he said also that you you you'd played against him obviously in the OHL, I believe, right? And um, he un- he had the unfortunate incident. I'm just curious what your relationship was because he said that you were so good to him when he came up to the American yeah. Hockey League for the first time. I was he was so good. I was so grateful that uh, you know I didn't have to fight every game. <laughs> he was coming. <laughs> uh, so I remember uh, um, uh, Stan was like, "We're bringing this guy up. He's gonna he's gonna give you a, a little bit of relief. You can you can stick to playing again or start. You know, obviously." didn't work kind of fired up even more when he's running around there got me excited but yeah you know a guy like that with uh with bus he was all heart and soul and will do anything for your teammates I think that's kind of the guys that I gravitate towards it too and I knew him he played I think he separated my shoulder in the OHL actually really? yeah but I mean that's the kind of guys you know we're, we're kind of two peas in a pod that way and uh you know he's a guy who's going to give it everything he's got on the ice all the time and you know I try to play that way too so you know, if a teammate's down or, or someone's going to step up and make something happen, that was kind of, you know, what, what we had to do. So that was kind of the guy you, you gravitate toward just, just naturally. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I was trying to be best friends or trying to be good. But, but we did have a, a very um, um, close locker room then. I think it's probably one of my closest teams that we had uh, in my career. Maybe Washington one year was really close. But other than that, when you, when you have, you know, 12 young guys and, and, and a bunch of great leaders and a great organization and, you know, great coach. It, it makes for an easy transition no matter what. And then Bussy came in and was, was so good for our team and, you know, really relished his role. And he had very popular on his own. No, no thanks to me. He was just, you know, he, he's that guy you just talked to him for 10 minutes. He's just, this guy's so interesting, you know, it's just, yeah, his, yeah. he's always doing something. And so, yeah, I would say we became friends off the start, but I think, you know, it wasn't anything to do with me because he became so popular. It was just, you know, how good a guy he is. Yeah. So you go on to you get we you get traded, uh, but then you go on to have a you know uh, three two year two years specifically where you're a full time NHL guy, and I'm curious how that transition was for you. What was the difference? Like what what did you think the difference in your game was that got you to be become a full time NHL guy? That was tough. I mean, I was you know I was putting up points in the minors and stuff, and then you go to NHL, you kind of lose that a little bit. You know, you come with a junior, you know, top 10 score, and then, you know, you're putting up numbers in the AHL, and then and you have, you know, when you're the firepower like we did in Washington, you're there for one role, and, you know, you get some good shifts and play hard, but, you know, you're not there to make the plays and, and score the goals. And that was – I mean, I respected that, and that's that's what kept me there. But, uh, you know, you lose a little bit of your skill when you kind of are forced in that role, but I'm not uh, not forced. I mean, I, I would do that any day over again. It was, it was a great team, and everyone's got to – you know, if you're going to play on a good team, you got to find a role. But, uh, you know, w- Willie and I, we were young, and then we had you know, Martin Erat there for a bit. And we had a lot of good Brooks like. Uh, we were two young guys, but we had a lot of good older uh, left wingers. So uh, it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, it was anybody touch back, summer OV, or, you know, it was, you know, our turn to step up. It was kind of a fun role that, you know, they, could, they knew they could count on us. As soon as something happened, we were out there and, making sure it didn't happen again or, you know, they knew we had our back, which, which kept us in the lineup, quite frankly. So it was a good time. And then obviously I think we, the second year or my third year, my, my, my second full year, my third year, I really thought we had a chance to win the cup. We ran to Pittsburgh down the finals. And I think whoever won that series 
won the cup, no questions asked. Pitcher rolled through everyone. We went to game six, I think. And that was the start of Matt Murray where he just came on and, and stole the series from them. So it could have been a little different if we win the series. That, that series, I think we win the cup, no problem. After after that, your run in Washington, then you uh, you end up with I think it started with L.A. Yeah. Uh, or Ontario, and then and then that changed and so on. But it was it was a couple of years later after you were in Washington that all the guys you played with they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, exactly. What what was that like for you to see uh, so many guys that you were a big part of that team and they were a big part of your life? What was that like to see those guys oh, rewarded? Yeah. Yeah, I actually went down to Washington after to see the boys. It was, uh, it was, it was wild. I mean, they, they were, I was so happy for them. You know, I was cheering for them and, and it was, you know, it was just incredible. You get to see guys, that you, you know, like, and especially Washington, they had that asterisk beside their name that they couldn't pull it off, couldn't get past the second round and stuff, you know, so that, I, and you know, just being in that room for, for three playoffs, you, you just know the, or two playoffs, you just know the feeling of it. It's kind of, it's like, you know, just lingering in the air, you know. So when they finally got it done, it was it was amazing to see and witness. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, finally they got it done. And, you know, just for Obi and back, you know, those guys, there's so much media pressure, so much, you know, Canadian hockey, you know, Russians can't get, you know, just little things like that that, that couldn't, uh, they finally did it. So that, and you could just see the excitement on their face, you know. Maybe, I mean, you win it cups, but maybe more so for Obi and those guys who had just been this close for, for so many years and finally pulling it off. It was It was amazing to see. I'm curious, we, we've asked a few people about what it's like playing against Ovechkin. What was it like to be his teammate? Oh, it was so funny. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, he, he's one of those guys, he doesn't really shape his personality for the media. He, he is who he is. You know, he's not shy to um, voice his opinions or if he's happy or he's not happy. So it was always, he's such a funny guy and a good teammate. Uh, treats you well, especially as a young guy, treat us really well. So that was we were good, good buddies with him at some point there too. So it was, it was fun to see him every day, come to rink every day. Cause you never know what's going to happen with Obi. It's always entertaining. That's entertaining. That's for sure. I remember there was a, uh, a big snowstorm in DC and maybe you were there when this happened, but I remember seeing in social media that, uh, you know, Ovi picks some guy up who could, whose car gets stalled and he, he happens to be out filling his car truck up with gas and he just picks the guy up and drives him home or drives him to the to, to somewhere yeah. just a total stranger and Ovechkin's yeah. like oh hey come on in let's uh where do you where are you going I'll take you there that's all we probably I was just gonna say that's the type of guy he seems to be huh yeah that big dumb smile on his face probably the guy's like oh me he's like hey but you know he just I think I remember the one time uh the one time we we're all at the bar I don't want to say this but we're all at the bar and it just kind of I think we won a big game or something with Saturday night and we all did a bottle service with the Ovi does and all those guys too and there's this there all bunch of guys on our team there and there's these two random guys there and we're just like who are these guys you know they're like Ovi, who are these guys he's like oh my class of clans buddies i haven't met him yet i just invited him out tonight like just like, <laughs> like just play just that's the kind of guy Ovi is. <laughs> some of the night in their lives no problem it's just funny <laughs> that's awesome hey real quick as i'm looking at your bio uh, do you consider yourself an Ottawa 67 or, or a Guelph? Uh, Guelph, yeah. I finished I two and a half more years there and better years there. I finished my career there, yeah. I was just That's so curious if, if yeah. how, how people look at it. You were drafted by one but finished somewhere else. That's I'm curious of that. Yeah, I was at maybe a year and a quarter in uh, in uh, Ottawa. Ottawa okay, so you played. You know, uh, a couple more. So you get after you uh, you leave Washington, 
Uh, you played for a few more teams in the A, and then you decide to go overseas. Was that a difficult decision for you? To uh, do yeah, that? it was kind of weird. It was like, um, you know, Ottawa or sorry, LA gave me a nice big one-way deal, and then for me, and then I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then you know, everything's like looking up. I was talking to other teams, like, oh, finally free agent kind of thing. And then boom, right to the minors. Then I wanted at that point Rockford, and then. You know, and then we started in Arizona that year and sent down, obviously. And then um, we're having a really good year and we have a veteran problem. So they can't ship anyone out. And then um, Binghamton's having a tough year. So they want some leadership. So they trade for me. And it was just like the worst team again, two years in a row. I was just kind of sick of um, getting traded and moving around the HL. At, at my age at the time, there's a lot of young guys. And, and I, it is the development league, but you're, you're kind of playing second fiddle to the young guys. Which is, I mean, that's what the league's about, right? And um, right. So then I started kind of looking overseas that summer, and I think it was around it was around July. I was talking, to, I wasn't getting the offers I wanted from the NHL teams, um, so I, I poked around in, in in Europe for a bit, looking, and then I think it was like, I didn't think I'd, I'd get to the KHL. I wasn't really planning on going there, but I think it was like July July fourth. My European agent called me. He's like, hey we got an offer for you in China. I was just looking at the roster. I was like, I know all these guys. Like, this is hilarious. I, um, I think I knew like seven or eight guys on the team from just buzzing around the, as many teams as I did. So I was like, yeah, but they're like, but you have to go in four days. I'm like, it's the middle of my summer. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. And that's why I had to, I had to make a decision right there. It was July 1st, I think. And they're like, so I had no summer that summer. It was like a month and a half. I had time off and they're like, well, if you want this contract, if you want this money, you got to go four days. You have to train. I, I don't think I'd skated once. I was actually doing a hockey camp with my buddy Mike Hoffman up on Florida there. We were running a hockey camp. They're like, you have four or five days, and then you, we're shipping you off to, to China. I was like, Geez, that's, that's a lot of time to get packed for eight months of the year because you're not, you're, never, you're not getting home for visits when uh, you're that far away. When you're in China, no. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was like, you know, screw it. Why not? When am I ever going to go to China again? So that was a cool opportunity. And then, yeah, that was eight months there. That was a long eight months. So when you play there, when you play there, do you take advantage of seeing a new part of the world or is it busy, 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 and you have to do hockey, hockey, hockey? It was tough because our, our, we were like 12 hour flights to right. get to the It was nuts. Like it was every two weeks we had a 12 hour flight there or back. Like it was just so draining, like physically and mentally, but but you did like two weeks there and then two weeks, you know, and, and Shanghai to, to its credits, like, I mean, there's 20 million people there, beautiful city with a great South living wise. I live with Taylor Beck and, uh, and then Brandon Yip, who played on Nashville too. So yeah. we all lived together too in the same. So we were best buddies. Um, so it, it was cool though. I mean, the, the, the restaurants there and then kind of the nightlife and the culture and all that, that was a lot of fun in China just to see. And then about six months in, you're like, all right, that's enough. I want to get back to Canada. <laughs> But it was cool. I was just seeing Russia, Moscow is beautiful. St. Petersburg is beautiful. I mean, Russia, I don't know, people get a little from the politics, but it's such a beautiful country. So that was, it was cool to see for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and then to play last year in Sweden, uh, what's your, what's your deal for next year? Are you going to go back to Sweden? What's going on? Uh, I'm not sure yet. We're still, it's, it's funny with all this coronavirus teams don't have budgets yet and they're, you know, there too. So the whole European, like, like, you know, North America, see, everything's kind of up in the air right now. You know, the, the top tier players will get picked up and then, you know, just they're going to figure out how to budget for the next 
round of players. So there's a lot of questions right now. There's a few signings going on, but but not a ton right now. So we'll see. I'll end up somewhere, hopefully. Plays maybe a different country in the world. Get spend a year there and you know live the dream. Yeah. How was your adjustment going overseas from an on ice perspective? Obviously, bigger ice sheet. And then just from a cultural perspective, you know, you've got your friends, you know people, but you're also, you know, halfway, literally halfway around the world. Yeah, so that was the two biggest things with, I mean, our our team in China was like, I think, 12 Canadians. So that was easy adjusting to the new team. Yeah. But the culture, everything's so different. But in Sweden, we only, actually, John Blum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he played in Sweden. He was my other import. So thank God Bummer was there, but the, the rest of the guys were Swedish. So it, that was kind of a, more of a, a culture shock, not having like, you know, they're all talking Swedish and Bummer's got two kids now, so he's not hanging out too much, you know? So that was kind of a, oh, we had another Czech guy too, but for the most part, it was all sweet. So we went from Sweden, which is, is very similar to Canada. People are nice, they speak English well. And, and, but then going to China, which is your life's totally upside down, but you got 12 guys to, to do it with, right? And they're in the same, same boat. Exactly. So it was kind of fun. To, I think I was 27 at the time. So, you know, you're exploring. It's fun. You know, when else are you going to go to China and, you know, get paid uh, to live in a nice spot? And, I mean, Shanghai is gorgeous. So, yeah, we took full advantage of it. That's for sure. Victor Bartley told me that uh, when you play on that team that um, it might be the power plays are 2-2 after the first period, but then it might be like 18-3 to at the end of the game. Like you're constantly killing penalties since yeah. you're the Chinese team and you're also made up primarily, if not all, of North American players. Yeah, especially, and, you know, we had, uh, you know, they want to protect the little Russian guys too. We had some tough guys. So it was, it was, I don't want to turn too, too, too bad. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was difficult. It was a little fishy. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, have you got anything else? No, I think that's great. That's a great, good way to end. <laughs> that's a good way to end. Well, this is the way we always end these lats is uh, looking back on your time in Milwaukee. When you think of Milwaukee, what comes to mind? Oh, just, I mean, great memories. I started my pro career. Like I was, you know, just looking, I'm 10 years in now pro, um, you know, just the memories, just, you know, growing up, you know, you, you grow so that, that two years I was there, you just grow so grow up so much in, in uh, you know, you, you learn to pay your bills, you learn to, you know, live, you know, you learn to cook your own meals, you learn to, you know, deal with a new city, a new life without uh, very much, uh, um, you know, guidance or, or, you know, you're finally able to, able to be free a bit. So, yeah, I mean, I have the fondest memories about Milwaukee, the city, the people, um, the team, the organization, I, I can't, I, one of the best, uh, definitely a couple of the best years of my life, that's for sure. That's a lot of thanks to you guys. Well, happy birthday, first off, uh, yeah. just a couple of days ago. Yeah, happy um, birthday. And it's, it's crazy to think, because we'd seen you around a little bit uh, a couple of years ago, but it's crazy to think it's been seven years since you last played here. It, it, it doesn't seem that long ago. I know, yeah. It's funny, it just, you know, getting, I, I've, I've met up with uh, so many Milwaukee guys just around my journey with hockey, too. We all laugh back on those old young Milwaukee teams and how much fun we had. Well, it's good to hear, and it's good to see you. Uh, man, all the best. Uh, have a great summer. Stay well, and, uh, man, we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch. Sounds good, guys. Good talking to you. Great. All Thank right. you, Lats. Michael Talk. Latta joining us. Thanks for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.